This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What's going on, everybody? It is Friday, April 22nd, and you're listening to the College Football Daily. I'm your host, Nick Costco, and we have a good episode for you today, as always. Focus on the NFL Draft. Lexi Saluro of Sirius XM NFL Radio is going to join me to talk about all things NFL Draft. All the big stars are out, quarterbacks, wide receivers, the number one overall pick, the changes with the NFL scouting combine. Does it mean as much anymore? All those questions are going to be answered in our conversation. It's a pleasure to talk to her and here is my conversation with Lexi. Please be joined now on the College Football Daily by Sirius XM NFL Radio's Lexi Cellaro. Lexi, great to talk to you as always. You in the producer role, you've seen a lot of things with the NFL, but the NFL draft is coming up, so we have to talk about these rookies that are or soon to be rookies, I should say, for the 2022 season. Just want to start out first. Your biggest storylines you've noticed through the past couple of months since the college football season ended, and now we head into draft season where it's all about the scouting combine. It's all about preparation and evaluation. I mean, what are some of the things that have stuck out to you among this entire NFL draft process over the last couple of months? Nick, nice to talk to you, first of all. Um, thanks for having me. I uh, will say I've got like two main ones. Number one is that there's no real consensus number one overall pick. And in the last couple of years, there was really no doubt of who was going number one. I mean, the Bengals knew they were taking Joe Burrow in 2020 for months ahead of the draft. And with Trevor Lawrence, we kind of saw the same thing. And this year, it's it's a little more up in the air. There's not a ton of names being thrown around, but definitely a few between, you know, Aiden Hutchinson, even some of the tackles, Evan Neal, Ikiakwanu, even another edge rusher, maybe in Trayvon Walker. And it's interesting because the Jaguars are the kind of team where they pretty much need somebody at every position. So it's not as easy to say, well, they need this. So, you know, it's between one or two guys. Um, that would stick out to me, number one. And number two is that somehow, some way, even if everybody keeps saying it's a lackluster quarterback class, it's a lackluster quarterback class, we still... I feel like are talking about these quarterbacks so, so, so much. (laughs) So that I would say those are my like two, one A and one B for this 2022 draft. It's interesting you mentioned the number one pick and we'll get to the quarterbacks in a second. But if you had your personal preference, and again, you mentioned the Jaguars need pretty much everything. It's a bare cupboard again, sort of. They at least have the quarterback now, new head coach, Doug Peterson. But you mentioned a couple offensive linemen. There's some edge rushers. Aiden Hutchinson was a guy from Michigan who was maybe the de facto number one pick for a while. But now people are considering Trayvon Walker. You mentioned Neil Inekwanu on the offensive line to protect Trevor Lawrence. I mean, if you are the Jaguars, out of these college stars that we're talking about right now, where are you going if you're Jackson? I mean, if I'm Jacksonville, I'm definitely looking at the edge rusher position. I think you got to get somebody on the other side of Josh Allen. I think, you know, people may lean towards somebody to protect protect Trevor Lawrence or, or a weapon there in some regard, but I'm going edge rusher. I'm looking at either Hutchinson or Walker. I think if, if you know, I'm putting my GM hat on, I think Aiden Hutchinson is my no-brainer number one overall pick. But I do think that if I'm the Lions and I'm sitting there and I see Hutchinson go one, I'm very happy to take Walker at two. So there's kind of 
of a no-lose situation, I feel like, for that one-two pick. So we'll switch over to, before we actually dive back into the quarterbacks, I wanted to go to your experience over the NFL Scouting Combine. You were out there in Indianapolis. Now, it, it was a little bit different this year because it actually went back to normal for the most part. People were scouting in person. I think teams were came out in droves. It wasn't really a remote type thing now for the for the Scouting Combine. It was a little maybe a little bit less emphasis on the guys' pro days like it was last year amid uh, COVID-19 over the past couple of seasons. So what, what were your main takeaways from the Scouting Combine? I mean, have, have people changed their approach to scouting these college prospects? I mean, are they looking for different things now after seeing these guys virtually and doing different things last year? Or now, now the fact that it's back to normal, are we back to saying, all right, it's all about the combine numbers. That'll increase your draft stock, et cetera, et cetera. And what were your main takeaways over from the scouting combine? I will say going back to the combine was a pretty interesting experience just from my perspective in the media. It was almost as if like COVID never existed, to be honest with you. We had all the same access we would have had pre-COVID in terms of getting to interview prospects. I know prior to heading out to Indianapolis, there was a discussion about there being a bubble and then the players kind of fought back on that. And so the players and their agents kind of fought back on that. And so there was no bubble. So from that aspect, I mean, like we had all the same access we would have had. Well, actually the combine was pretty much the last live event in 2020 before COVID really shut everything down. So it was almost like 2020 or prior in terms of our access to things. I will say I do feel like just from listening to like my hosts talk about things, they're still talking about the combine results, but I don't necessarily feel as heavy as an emphasis on that in terms of we're talking about the 40s they ran or who did that. But I feel like in years past, there was bigger storylines about who didn't participate in this and who didn't participate in that. And this year, while those were storylines, I didn't feel like they were as big of a, of a spectacle as maybe in years past. I will say one other interesting thing is that like the Super Bowl a couple weeks prior in LA was very much like there's where I saw a difference in terms of access. Like we had way more virtual guests than ever before on Radio Row. You know, masks were still a thing. There were rules, temperature checks to get into the convention center. Whereas in India at the Combine, there wasn't really as much of that. And I almost wonder if that helps keep the focus for the prospects on what they're actually there to do, as opposed to having to jump through all of this red tape. So I don't know if that made the process easier for them, harder for them, easier for the scouts, harder for the scouts. But I do feel like things were back to normal for the most part. Before we get to the landmark of this draft class, which is the quarterbacks in some sort of fashion, the wide receivers again in this class are absolutely ridiculous. It seems like every year teams are just churning out like like factories. It's just wide receiver after wide receiver. These guys make an instant impact from day one. Look at Jamar Chase for the Bengals just last season. This year, it's two more Ohio State guys, Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, a former Ohio State guy, and Jameson Williams who transferred to Alabama, Drake London, Traylon Burks from USC and Arkansas, respectively. Those seem to be the, the consensus top five guys whichever order they go in remains to be seen otherwise otherwise it probably seems maybe one of Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson are going to be the top receiver one of the the top receivers taken what do you make of this I mean who out of these five guys I mean do they all make day one impacts with their respective teams I guess it depends on where they go but how do you see this wide receiver class of 2022 panning out day one when they're stepping onto the field for the first time as rookies come September? Well, we'll say this. I think we're seeing a trend in the NFL right now this offseason. We've seen how much wide receivers are valued, right? Just in the way that guys like Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams, soon to be maybe Debo Samuel are getting paid. Like Teams are realizing and recognizing that, sure, the quarterback is the most important position, right? But if he doesn't have a guy to throw to, how far are you really getting? That being said, I think a lot of these guys that you've mentioned, Wilson, Olave, London, Kylan Burke, like they're all, I, I think, all plug and play kind of guys. 
my two favorites are the two Ohio State guys, but they have a lot of the like same concerns where their physicality, their size, their strength can be a little bit of a maybe a, a barrier against an NFL level play. But I think pretty much any of these guys can plug and play. Like you said, how much productivity they have may depend on the situation they go to. Are they going to be a two? Are they going to be a three? You know, are they going to a team who already has their guy and they're just going to be a compliment? I could very easily see five, six guys going day one and making impacts day one. I think wide receiver is a position in this draft where you're not drafting a guy necessarily to develop. You're drafting a guy to have him play now. I want to step aside and take a quick break. More on the NFL draft storylines, including the quarterbacks, come up next on the College Football Daily. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It was a very bright, shining light, Sarajevo, and they needed to kill that light. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo, thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. U2, they represent a personification of our resistance. The Hollywood Reporter hails Kiss the Future, moving and inspirational. Kiss the Future! Viva Sarajevo! Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply. So, Lexi, tell me about these quarterbacks in this draft class. Kind of interesting when we talk about them because they're not Trevor Lawrence. They're not Joe Burrow. Heck, they're not even Baker Mayfield. None of these guys won a Heisman Trophy. First of all, who's the first quarterback selected? Do you, I mean, do you have any idea? Do you have a prediction out of all these five? It seems like there's, what, four or five guys that might go in the first round, or maybe two go in the first round. Someone's going to go number one overall. Someone's going to go five. We don't know. First of all, your first take on these quarterbacks. So the first take with the quarterbacks is that it is going to be unpredictable. I think we can sit here and everybody's got an opinion on none of them are really first day talent and five of them are first day talent. The fact of the matter is that this is a league of haves and have nots. People who have quarterbacks and people who don't have quarterbacks. And some people have quarterbacks but aren't happy with their quarterbacks. I'm going to use the Panthers as the example because they're the team with the highest pick that I think that's the first place I could really see a quarterback going. I know that the Lions are like, I guess, sort of in the mix there because it's Jared Goff really the answer but Dan Campbell's gone on record and he's kind of said like well you don't need a uh, an elite quarterback to win which is a whole other conversation for another day I'm thinking six might be the first place that we see you know a quarterback off the board that being said who will it be I've got a top three Kenny Pickett Malik Willis and Matt Corral all very different guys I think with Pickett he's got he's the most ready to play tomorrow kind of guy. Whereas Malik Willis is maybe the guy with the higher ceiling who could sit behind somebody for a little bit. So it's really depending on what you're looking for. Now, if you're, again, I'm going to use the Panthers as my example. If you're the Panthers, do you want Malik Willis sitting behind Sam Darnold? Or do you want Kenny Pickett who can compete for that starting job? You know, it's, if you're a guy like Matt Rule, like this might be you're on the hot seat this year. So do you want the guy who can compete and win now? Do you have time to wait? There's so many variables that go into this because who's the really the number one best pick 
to go first may not be the best pick for that situation. Um, I will say I work very closely with Charlie Weiss, who I consider like the quarterback guru after all the work that he did with Tom Brady and the Patriots and Matt Corral is his guy. That is who he is, um, you know, kind of pounding the floor for. And I will say his favorite last year was Mac Jones and that panned out pretty well, I would think, out of the guys that were drafted last year. So I, that's why he is pulling into my top three. I would have to say that I would go with the guy who can play now as opposed to the guy that has the high ceiling. So Kenny Pickett would be my pick for the first off the board. But I think we could see three guys in the first round. I think we could see up to five guys taken in the first round. I just don't know where exactly. It seems like it's Russian roulette at that point. But it's interesting you mentioned Pickett and how he's pro-ready right now. Everyone thought about that, about Joe Burrow. Everyone thought about that, about Trevor Lawrence, despite the struggles last year and the mess that Jacksonville was was last year. Mac Jones, obviously, was a plug-and-play last year, helping the Patriots get to the playoffs. As just as only a rookie, Pickett's interesting. Now people have compared him to Joe Burrow in the sense that he stayed the extra year, went off, was in the Heisman conversation. He, he won an ACC title with Pittsburgh last year. Can Kenny Pickett duplicate what Joe Burrow did? Now Burrow as a rookie showed flashes, obviously got hurt, but last year, as we all saw, his second year in the NFL led the Bengals to the Super Bowl, came up what, five points short of winning a title in just his second year. Is Kenny Pickett that type of guy to pull off a Joe Burrow in the NFL where he took advantage of that last year of college, burst onto the scene, and now he'll be set up in a maybe a, maybe a better situation when it comes to his uh, pro-level play? Joe Burrow is a good comparison there, and I guess the maturity to take the last the extra year in college and kind of move forward. I know that Mel Kuyper's comparison here for Kenny Pickett has been Derek Carr and I kind of lean more towards that or like sure he might be pro ready but I don't know I don't know if he's the guy like Joe Burrow has that it factor like leadership wise which is besides the talent on the field I mean it's no secret that the Bengals offensive line I'm sure they had the Jamar Chase and they had Joe Mixon and they have the offensive weapons but it's no secret that that offensive line was kind of a disaster and he was able to win games in spite of that and I think a lot of that has to do with leadership and resiliency. Not saying that Kenny Pickett doesn't have that, but Joe Burrow's got that like one of a kind sort of mentality. I don't know if it's fair to like make that comparison because I don't know that Kenny Pickett may have some similarities, but does he have that very same it factor that Joe Burrow has that is just like magnetic. It's going to be very interesting to see where he ends up. Perhaps somehow it slips to the Pittsburgh Steelers. And actually, just just real quick on that, what would you make of that if he actually didn't did not go far, play for the Steelers? They have a, they have an opening at quarterback, no Ben Roethlisberger, and it's just Mitch Trubisky there, along with I believe Mason Rudolph is still in the is, is somehow still there. What would you make of Kenny Pickett going to the Steelers? Here's the thing: if if that's where he ends up you know that they've done their due diligence, right? Because he's been in the same building pretty much for his entire career. Like they know the most about him probably than any other NFL team. I think it would be interesting because my understanding was that Trubisky is kind of the guy they're putting all of their eggs in the basket for right now. I don't hate the idea of them adding another person to that room. And I think, again, if that's where he ends up going, you know that that is the guy they wanted because they probably know the most about him out of all 32 teams. All right, Lacey, before we let you go, where can people find you on social media and your latest work with SiriusXM? So you can listen to my work every morning on SiriusXM Channel 88, uh, the opening drive and airing it out, producing both of those. And social media would be Lexi, L-E-X-I underscore Saloro. 
C-E-L-L-U-R-O. Give my girl a follow because she does great work and I do listen too. I still have, I still, when I, when I have my time, I still listen in the morning. Lexi, appreciate you coming on as always. Good to talk to you once again. And I'm sure everybody's going to be taking your draft takes with a grain of salt at this point because nobody knows what they're talking about <laughs> in the end, especially with those quarterbacks. I appreciate you coming on. Of course, Nick. Thanks for having me. Appreciate Lexi coming on the College Football Daily. And, and she's right. No one knows what's going to go on, with, especially with those quarterbacks in the NFL draft next week. Malik Willis, Matt Corral, Sam Howell, Kenny Pickett, Carson Strong. I mean, who's going to go number? Who's going to be the first quarterback taken? How high are they going to go? Wide receivers, who's going first? Number one pick, we still don't know. There's no guarantees right now for any of these guys, but it's sure to be a star-studded affair when it comes to the first round and beyond in the 2022 NFL draft. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at NickCosco59, N-I-C-K-K-O-S-K-O-5-9 on Twitter. Be sure to download and subscribe to the College Football Daily wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever the case may be. Go out, download, and subscribe. Talk to you next time. You've been listening to the College Football Daily. all-star studded challenge ever and this time it's every competitor for themselves best challenge ever the challenge all-stars new season now streaming on paramount plus go to paramountplus.com to try it free terms apply